you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and today, another one of our AL East Division crossover episodes. Stacey Gotsoulias uh, from Locked On Yankees is going to join us in just a second as we preview the Orioles and the Yankees here ahead of this 2021 season. It's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week on Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time to get in on all the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So we're going to get right into this crossover episode. Stacy Gotsoulias is here to join us. She is the host of Locked On Yankees here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, Stacy, we are talking some Yankees. All right. So Stacy, on this crossover episode, uh, we start by learning about the Yankees, uh, the team who out of the two teams we're going to talk about today is obviously the one who will more so be competing for the playoffs and trying to get to the world series. And uh, we know that it's important to have an ACE to get to the world series and win a world series. That's what the Yankees have in Garrett Cole. I think a lot of people's questions about the Yankees this year is, you know, we know they have pitchers, but who, you know, at least at the beginning of the season, who can they rely on as starting pitchers behind Garrett Cole? That's kind of where I, I wanted to start this. Well, Earlier today, Aaron Boone made the announcement that Corey Kluber would be in the rotation. I don't know why he was even announcing that because I think we were all assuming he'd be in the rotation and not somewhere like the bullpen. Um, you know, Jamison Tyone has looked good so far spring, in spring. The main thing with Kluber and Tyone is health. Um, I think from the order that the Yankees are pitching them right now, Cole has one more warm up before opening day, and it looks to be. Tyone in the number two slot. Um, we have Domingo Herman back, which I won't even get into that, but he's an arm. He's there. He's looking okay during spring. You know, he was a big hole last season and in the playoffs in 2019. So from that perspective, it's good to have another body in the rotation. Um <laughs> I just, I can't. Davey Garcia's looking pretty good. You know, this is a big test for him because this will be his full rookie season. And, you know, going from a short 60-game season to 162, hopefully. Um, had to knock on wood there because you never know what's going to happen. I think he has a chance to do something in the rotation. I could see him in the five slot. Um, so it would presumably be Cole, Tyone, Kluber, uh, Herman, Garcia right now. And as far as I know, from what I saw the other day, Boone said that they're starting with a five-man rotation. Some people were thinking thinking it could be a six, but he's going with five as of now. So, Yeah, I know a lot of teams are considering six just because ramping up from, from 60 games to 162. The Orioles haven't decided yet. I have a feeling they, they might go with six. Uh, but, you know, Obviously, a lot of that, you know, ramping up from 60 to 162 is trying to avoid injury. And, you know, frankly, the Yankees haven't done a great job of, of doing that. You know, in the last couple of seasons, it's, it's been tough for them with a lot of players on the injured list. Uh, obviously, last year, you know, Glaber Torres was was kind of the big injury 
for the Yankees. But, you know, I want to look at the guys who, you know, perennially we almost kind of expect to be on the injured list at some point, and that has been Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Um, Just looking at the two of them to start, you know, I know there's good options behind them. Clint Frazier's look good. Brett Gardner's back. Um, But are those two healthy? And, you know, how good can the Yankees be if they actually get, you know, 150 plus games out of both of those guys in the lineup? They are healthy so far. Uh, Stanton was hit with a pitch last night, but he seems to be fine. Aaron Nola hit him, but he didn't seem to be hurt. Thank goodness. They they said over the off season that judge and Stanton were told to add yoga to their routines because they're so hell bent on being big and strong. And these big, strong dudes are constantly pulling things and straining things. And it's funny, Gabrielle and I did a crossover before our actual division day crossover where she suggested that Stanton and judge do yoga to kind of stretch things out because they're so big. And then not even two days later, it came out where the Yankees said, oh yeah, we told them to do that in the off season. And I just thought that was so hilarious that she (laughs) had suggested it and that they were doing it, you know? And I kind of noticed that Stanton looked a little slimmed down. He didn't look quite as, you know, scary, uh, like cartoon size muscles on him. I was looking at him last night and I thought to myself, he does look a little slimmer and hopefully that'll help. I mean, really, we saw what he could do in the playoffs last year when he was healthy and he was hitting the ball 400 feet and doing it at a nice clip. And if either of these guys are in the lineup for an extended period of time and actually hitting the ball, the Yankees will be so much better than they've been, which is kind of scary when you think about it because 2019 they were ravaged with injuries and still won 103 games. So you never know what's going to happen. I always say with them, the big thing is health because it always is. No matter how many times they change the strength and conditioning coaches and the whole staff, someone's always hurt. Um, but, you know, if these guys can stay healthy for a long time and if the rotation is good enough to win games and the offense can bail them out if they need to, this team can be frightening. And then the last thing about the Yankees, you know, you mentioned the two guys who were, you know, really in the end, the, the two biggest acquisitions by the Yankees was Jameson Tyon and, and Corey Kluber, you know, two pitchers who in the past have been incredible. You know, Kluber's got some Cy Youngs to his name, uh, but are both, you know, coming off uh, some big injuries over the past couple of years. Is it worrisome at all that, you know, the two big additions they made are, you know, still kind of you know, not question marks, but have that injury history? Or is it more so of a thing that it feels like this team, you know, is adding players in the offseason because, you know, guys who have been hurt are, are getting healthy and are ready to, to play full seasons? Yeah, it scares me a little bit just because between the two of them, they've pitched one inning since 2019. Um, with Tyone, he's had two Tommy John surgeries, which, you know, I read Jeff Passan's book, The Arm, and I know what they do during Tommy John surgery. And, you know, there's not much room left on his elbow for more surgery. Um, you know, that's a scary thing. Kluber's injuries, a lot of his injuries were fluky, weird injuries. Um, and I, I like his uh, experience. You know, um, they were joking about how quiet he is and that he doesn't really talk. 
Um, but I think just him being a veteran on the team and his presence in the rotation will really help. Um, it was one of those, it's a high risk, high reward kind of move. It's kind of odd that the Yankees did it with two guys in the rotation, but you know, they lost Paxton, they lost Hap. Not that, not that they really lost them. They weren't going to sign those two. Um, and they weren't going to sign, sadly, Masahiro Tanaka and let him go to Japan. So between those two and then Severino's coming back, hopefully, and hopefully he won't have any major setbacks. So far, he's doing okay. They said, you know, he's ramping up his throwing. And from what they said, it looks like he might be back June or July. So that could be a very big uh acquisition in a way it's almost like they're trading for another pitching arm in getting Luis Severino back so you know they did take a lot of risks I kind of like the risks they took you know especially if they pay off if they don't pay off eh, oh well but if they do you know the Yankees are going to look like geniuses (laughs) and then you know before we switch gears to the Orioles I got to ask you one quick thing you know the Orioles already had Zach Britton they signed Darren O'Day this offseason and they signed Asher Wojciechowski and Andrew Velasquez to minor league deals. So I just have to ask, are the Yankees trying to become the Orioles? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good answer. Probably a good answer. But we will switch sides in a bit uh, to learn more about the Orioles. But first, got to tell you about our sponsors on today's show, starting with Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me and Stacy, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked on Orioles once a week. Stacy soon will be hosting rooms for Locked on Yankees as well. And yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to on these podcasts every single day. Locker Room is a perfect place to start or join conversations about Major League Baseball. And you'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked on Orioles podcast through our Locker Room conversations. So make sure to go and download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. And be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. You can follow me at Connor Newcomb to be notified when my room goes live, and I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week on Thursday around 7 p.m. Eastern time when the Orioles are playing their second of two spring training games televised on Masson. And can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Orioles. And Stacy soon enough, will be going live on Locker Room as well to talk about the Yankees. So make sure to join us. See you there on Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And today's episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. And of course, you know about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. There is a bracket going on where you can vote on the best Built Bar. It is into the enticing eight. And today's matchup is cookies and cream versus coconut almond. Now, I got to go with cookies and cream in that matchup, but it's going to be tough to vote on that one. And if you want to get your vote in, you can go to builtbar.com or to bar underscore built. That's at bar underscore built on Twitter to cast your vote. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup. 
and who will eventually become the best tasting protein bar. And before we get to the Orioles talk, I got to tell you about another podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And Stacy, we just learned about a, a winning team uh, from you. I guess time now to uh, tell the listeners about a team that's not going to do uh, so much winning this year. Well, that was my first question. Going into this season, you know, it's been a while for me, at least since I've expected the Yankees to be bad. You know, people aren't seeing much from the Orioles. So what are you expecting from them this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously there is no playoff expectations. There is no over 500 season expectations. This is going to be once again a losing team. And really all you have to do is, is look at, at the roster construction at the moment. And it's pretty easy to figure out why this is going to be a losing team. Now the Orioles have a plan and, you know, I will say that it's getting better and better, you know, 2018 and 2019, they were obviously, you know, the worst. And then the second worst team in baseball, they won 47 games, then 54 games last year was kind of a surprise, frankly, that they won you know, went 25 and 35. They actually didn't finish last in the AL East. They finished a game ahead of the Red Sox and actually finished in fourth. And it was kind of a pleasant surprise last season. And, you know, this year, I think the Orioles are going to continue to build on that. And for a winning team, you know, a fan of a winning team, this doesn't sound like a huge stepping stone. But for a team that has had two really bad years before last year, I think the Orioles' expectation is they're going to avoid a 100-loss season this year and get themselves hovering around that 70-ish win mark. Maybe, you know, high 60s, low 70s in wins this year. And, you know, there's going to be some growing pains and some pitchers who get knocked around, especially by the Yankees. But the hope is that if they can do that, then next year, they really start to get themselves close to 500. They start to think about winning. And the rebuild starts to kind of tilt the other way where they're closer and closer to becoming a winning team. Are there any players that we should look out for on the Orioles that might be pests when they're playing them? Because no matter how bad the Orioles are, there's always that one guy on the Orioles that likes to beat up on Yankees pitching, no matter who they are. <laughs> yeah, I would say a pest in the past would had probably been Hanser Alberto. Not that mm-hmm. he's a big power hitter, um, but he's just going to chop singles through the infield and continue to get on base. He is no longer an Oriole. They non-tendered him. He signed with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, all signs pointing to him making the Royals opening day roster. Uh, very happy that, that he's going to get a chance to do that. Uh, but the Orioles are interesting because you look in the infield and, you know, this is kind of sad that, that, that I'm saying this in kind of a surprised, excited fashion, but the Orioles have a legitimate like major league caliber infield this year because Trey Mancini is back. He, you know, of course uh, found out that, that he had colon cancer in March of last year, underwent treatment and missed all of the 2020 season. He's healthy and ready to go. Uh, He had a homer today in spring training. He's looking good. He'll be in there. And then the Orioles added three free agents uh, in the infield. Yomer Sanchez, who won a gold glove with the White Sox a couple years ago. Freddie Galvis, who had some good years with the Phillies, uh, Reds, and Blue Jays. And then Michael Franco, who had good years with the Phillies as well and last year with the Royals, signed all three of those guys in the infield. And so those are really three new faces who AL East fans haven't seen on the Orioles. And, you know, not that they are the all-star level players, but they are major league caliber starting infielders who will make this Orioles lineup, I think, a little bit tougher early in the season. 
until, you know, either those guys maybe flame out or the Orioles think about bringing up some of the prospects later in the year. Um, but that infield is going to be really interesting because, you know, it's not quite yet, you know, prospect time for the Orioles infield. It is still, you know, stopgap guys that they bring in on one-year deals. And so it will be interesting to see how these, you know, more veteran hitters that they brought in, you know, fare uh, against this AL East pitching. And speaking of pitching, uh, Matt Harvey did pretty well the other day against the Yankees. I always had a soft spot for Matt Harvey. I always felt as if Met fans were really rough on him for no reason. I know that some of his off the field stuff and some of the comments that he said, but I'm one of those people where I like to root for the guy that everyone hates. And I always had a soft spot for him. I always kind of wanted the Yankees to go after him. And now he's an Oriole. What do you expect from him? Yeah. I mean, coming in, you know, if you remember early in the off season, like in a week span, uh, the Orioles signed Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey. And it was like, you know, they were throwing things back to like 2014. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, two, two guys who were all stars and, and in the Cy Young running, you know, six, seven years ago. Obviously, that is not the same kind of pitcher the Orioles are getting out of those two guys. You know, Felix, you know, really struggled those last couple of years with the Mariners. This is his first new team he's ever pitched on after he opted out last year. And then for Matt Harvey, you know, he's been on a, on a few teams since that, you know, great stint with the Mets. And, you know, I think he was on the Reds. He was on the Royals. He pitched for the Angels and none of it really went well. He seemingly got worse and worse every year. And, you know, he was one of the guys that was actually kind of stubborn and hard-headed about kind of seeking new help. Uh, just basically thought that, okay, you know, I helped the Mets to the World Series doing it this way. And even though my ERA is seven right now, you know, go to, to 2019, for example, he, I think, still thought, you know, I can do it this exact way. I was doing it six years ago with the Mets and it will work. And he's older, his body changed, his velocity went down. And, and as a pitcher, you know, if you want to continue to be successful, you got to realize that you have to change things. And after last year with the Royals, it was the biggest disaster of his career. I mean, his ERA was almost 15 last year. And I think it finally got to him that, you know what, I'm older. I don't have the same stuff. I'm not the same pitcher. I'm going to have to change something. And so he went to the Baseball Performance Center in New Jersey, uh, basically went for like a week-long boot camp of, of pitching to kind of refine his mechanics, refine his stuff, uh, you know, work with a lot, of, a lot of machines, a lot of cool technology, a lot of numbers to really figure it out. And it has seemingly worked for Matt Harvey. He is not, you know, Dark Knight Rises Mets World Series Matt Harvey. But, you know, you mentioned that he's been pitching well. He's had back-to-back -back starts of, of four innings and only giving up one run. Uh, he's not striking a lot of guys out, but he's, you know, forcing a lot of ground balls and, and getting guys out at a pretty high rate. And, you know, his fastball is back into the close to the mid-90s. It's got a lot of, like, sinker, two-seam look to it. And his pitches look a whole lot better. And so, really, he was kind of a last minute signing, it seemed earlier in the off season. Now Matt Harvey, believe it or not, is slotted for the Orioles starting rotation. And Felix Hernandez has a little bit of an elbow injury, but if he's okay, he is also slotted for the Orioles rotation right now. So, you know, at the very least for the Orioles this year, you know, Hey, they might not do a lot of winning. They're probably going to finish in last in the AL East, but two out of five days, you could turn on the Orioles and watch a former Cy Young winner, try and kind of resurrect his career. And at the very least, it's a, re a better reason to watch the Orioles. And, you know, that at least gives us something better to, to get us through the rebuild. I would agree with that. I think that, I think that's pretty cool. I always like when guys, when that happens, and you were talking about um, 
Felix and how long, I mean, he's been pitching since he's a baby and he has so many innings on his arm. You know, you hear about all these guys who pitch all these innings and how they have to change how they pitch, obviously, because you lose the velocity. You can't just be a thrower anymore. You can't throw 97, 98. So you have to come up with something different and maybe develop a new pitch or start relying on your secondary stuff more and become an actual pitcher. Um, my one last question is poor Chris Davis. <laughs> now he's the longest tenured guy, right? Cause he's been with Baltimore since he was traded in 2011. It's been a long time. Yep. And I just saw that he hurt his back again. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that coming this July will be the 10 year anniversary of him getting traded to the Orioles. I mean, what a roller coaster of a 10 years uh, it has been right. for him in an Oriole uniform. That's, that's going to be kind of a weird anniversary to come up this July. Um, but yeah, he, you know, was back in spring training. And I think a lot of Orioles fans thought that the Orioles might have cut the cord on him this off season. He's only got two years, including this year, you know, it's 2021 and 2022 remaining on that big seven year, $160 million deal. He signed after the 2015 season that, you know, has been seen as, as basically the biggest disaster contract in baseball, because out of those seven years, he basically gave the Orioles one productive season at the beginning, one okay season. And then everything, you know, past that starting in 2018 has been a disaster. And, you know, he's basically been the worst hitter in baseball since then. And, you know, last year was, was really a weird year for him because of the shortened season. You know, he went on the injured list, you know, about halfway through the year, he was basically a part-time player the first half of the season. And, you know, he was definitely injured, but it, it almost seemed like they tacked on a phantom injury to the real injury and basically kept him out for the rest of the season. Cause they called up Ryan Mountcastle last year and he was mm -hmm. hitting 330, and, you know, was looking amazing. And they were like, well, we're not going to bring Chris Davis back to steal at bats from this guy who could, you know, be a future piece of our lineup. And so this year, Chris Davis, you know, they didn't cut the cord. They bring him back to spring training. And now it's weird because Trey Mancini is back that, you know, that helped Chris Davis get on the field last year because Trey Mancini didn't play. Mancini's probably your best hitter. You know, he, he probably should have been an all-star in 2019. Mountcastle is there looking good. Both of those guys play first base at times. So where the heck do you put Chris Davis? And right. it's almost kind of helping the Orioles that he has this back injury. And it was thought to be, you know, maybe he'll still be ready for opening day because the injury happened pretty early in spring training. Then it was like, doesn't look like he'll be ready for opening day. He'll probably start the year, you know, on the on the 10 day injured list or the 15 day injured list. Uh, and then, you know, try to make his way back. Now, Brandon Hyde said, I believe yesterday, looking more and more like Chris Davis is going to start the year on the 60 day injured list. Yeah. And so at this point, I mean, it's a combination of the back getting worse, you know, him going up in age, he's 35 now. And, you know, that combined with his body is, is fluctuating every year. You know, last year he put on 30 pounds before the season. Uh, this year he cut 15 pounds before the season. That's got to be affecting him a little bit. He's kind of, you know, just fluctuating weight to try to find something that works every single year. And it, you know, can't, you know, maybe he, he needs to get into the yoga, like, like Aaron judge and, and Stanton, like we talked about as well. Um, Cause he's a, a big guy like they are, but uh yeah, it's, it's pretty much over for Chris Davis. I mean, I don't know how much he's going to play this year, even when he's on the active roster. And I think the Orioles at this point, at the end of the season, will say, you know, we have to pay your money either way. You only have one year left on the contract. We're just going to cut you loose and, and, you know, finally eat the rest of that money.
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, college basketball, you know, we're coming up on the final four soon, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and you can even bet on reality TV. You get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today is the day the Locked On MLB podcast begins its division preview series. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at every team in every division. Follow Locked On MLB on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. So Stacy, we're going to finish up here by doing, you know, a little quick predictions for each of our teams. You know, I kind of talked about it a little bit with the Orioles. Quick prediction for each team, and then one breakout player we think that each of these teams, the Orioles and Yankees, could have. So I wanted to start with you. Uh, you know, record-wise, how many wins do you see the Yankees having? Uh, where do you see them finishing in the division? And then, you know, because this isn't a question you can pose for the Orioles, how far do you think they can go in the postseason if they get there this year? Okay. Well, as we spoke about earlier if everyone stays healthy and things go the way yankee fans would like them to go for the first time in years um i'm predicting 95 wins right now that's my number um 94 95 i feel as if the blue jays will be nipping on the yankees heels similar to how the orioles were nipping on their heels in 2012. um you know the jays and the yankees are similar in that the rotation is kind of questionable. I mean, I know the Yankees have Garrett Cole at the front, but there could be games where the Yankees offense has to bail out the pitching staff. And I could see the same thing with the Jays. So I could see those two teams battling. I'm thinking the Yankees win the division. I'm hoping they make it to the world series. It would be nice to get over the uh, division series hump and the ALCS hump. Uh, you know, Yankee fans, I know it's silly to say this, but they're starved for another World Series. My God, it's been nearly 12 years. Um, <laughs> which How is, I, mean, it's, I know, it's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, certain Yankee fans got really used to them winning all the time, and then they didn't win, and then they won in 09, and they didn't even go to the World Series the entire 2010s, which, whoa, first time in 100 years that happened. So it would be nice uh, to see a World Series. This is the only time it can happen too because the window is starting to close on the Yankees. So if it doesn't happen soon, it's not gonna happen for a while. Uh, but that's, my prediction is 95 wins. They're making the playoffs. I really don't know how they're going to do in the playoffs. I'm hoping they make the World Series and win it, but you know, I mean, they could be knocked out in the first round again. <laughs> and it's, it's so far away as well. You know, After 162 right. games, it becomes much easier to see how they might do in the playoffs. But I would agree with that. I think the Yankees are going to win the division this year. Um, I do think the Rays, despite losing the amount of talent they did, they're mm -hmm. still going to be there because of the Rays. Yeah. And I actually do think they'll be in second. But I, I do agree with you that the Blue Jays are going to be right in the playoff mix in third. Um, and then, you know, put the Red Sox maybe around 500. And then for the Orioles, you know, I talked about where I think they would be, you know, somewhere low 60s, high 70s. I think, you know, maybe 68 wins, 67 wins, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. um, I think they have the talent to get into the low 70s maybe, but because of all the young pitchers they're going to be using, there could be some games that really just kind of blow up in their face and kind of, you know, 12, 13, 14 runs allowed, you know, 
things kind of snowball. You have to use the big bullpen, you know, and then it kind of hurts you for the next couple of days. And I think that could happen more than it does for other teams this year, which could hold them down in the sixties, but it, it will still be an improvement on those last couple of years. Um, and, and again, you know, they're going to, they're going to finish in fifth. They'll still be competing for the number one pick, I think, but I do not think they'll finish uh, with the worst record. I have a feeling that's going to go to the Colorado Rockies this year. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but we will see. But uh, you know, last thing about kind of predictions um, I will uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a breakout player first for the Orioles. Um, and then I'll ask you for a potential breakout player for the Yankees. For the Orioles, you know, Ryan Mountcastle, I guess, could be considered a breakout player because, you know, he's still a rookie. Technically, he could still win AL Rookie of the Year this year, which if he has a year like he did last year, he could do it. But, you know, with how good he was last season, you know, he came up for 35 games. He hit 330 at five home runs. His, you know, OPS on base numbers were, were fantastic. And, you know, I could still consider him a breakout. But, you know, for some people, you know, he, they, he's already kind of on the scene for the Orioles. But, Bruce Zimmerman for the Orioles. He's a left-handed pitcher um, who made two appearances right at the end of last year, made his major league debut, got a start and then a relief appearance. He is a lefty who came to the Orioles uh, when they traded Kevin Gaussman over to the Braves a couple of years ago. He was kind of the, the best player that came back in that trade. He is a local uh, Baltimore area kid, uh, grew up a big time Orioles fan. Um, kind of it is funny because, you know, he kind of understands the pain of the early two thousands of the Orioles. Um, and he, you know, came into the season, the, basically the thing with him was, I don't know if there's a rotation spot. We might use him as kind of the long relief swing man out of the bullpen because he probably has the talent to make the team. All he's done in spring training is throw nine scoreless innings with 10 strikeouts and one hit allowed all spring training. He has looked fantastic um, in his relief appearances, but even though he's not starting, he's pitching three or four innings at a time. And I think he's going to be in the starting rotation and you no, know, I call him the breakout player because he's not one of the Orioles top pitching prospects, but I think he's going to be a huge part for the Orioles and could kind of steal some innings from these, you know, higher ranked prospects that the Orioles have. And it, it definitely could be exciting for Bruce Zimmerman, just a name for Yankees fans to keep an eye on. Cause you know, the teams play 19 times, they will surely see Bruce Zimmerman a few times for the Orioles, but for the Yankees, you know, it's more so, you know, we're going to see a lot of the same names we've seen the last couple of years. So is there, you know, a breakout candidate. Is there the next, you know, Gio Urshela uh, or, you know, Mike Ford or, you know, Luke Voigt or whoever it may be. Is that next guy going to emerge? Is there a name for, for this season? I would say, like I mentioned earlier, this is Davey Garcia's first full year. I think he has a chance to be the guy that surprises everyone. You know, he has a little bit of that experience under his belt now. And he has a chance to really contribute to this team. You know, he's young. He is like a sponge. He listens to all of his <laughs> veteran pitcher uh, counterparts. And I think he really has a chance to do well this season and really help the Yankees out. Um, I was going to make a joke that Bre uh, Gary Sanchez would be the breakout player <laughs> because he was so bad last season. And the only way he can go is up. But I think it's going to be Davey Garcia. So that'll do it here on our crossover episode, Orioles-Yankees. Thanks again to Stacey Gatsoulias, host of the Locked on Yankees podcast, for joining us for that crossover. Hope you learned a lot about the Bronx Bombers 
uh, before this 2021 season. Coming back to you tomorrow, well, we will start with our two-part preview of the Orioles opening day roster. We're going to do opening day roster predictions both tomorrow and Friday. We start with the hitters back with you here tomorrow. But until then, this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.